Blog Talk Radio. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Coach Lee, in the place to be. Hold up, hold up. And we got my super-duper host with the most. Tyler Williams Lee, how are you guys? And we back, we back, we back. This is week three, and we are back. We are getting it together, getting going down. A lot of work, a lot of things going on this week, Miss Carla. Yes, man, this month has just blown by. Yes, it has. When we decide to start the show, like Monday just creeps up on us just like that, don't it? Yes. Yes, it do. The, not only does the week go by fast, the month goes by fast. Shoot, this whole hour goes by fast. But when you're having fun, that's what happens when you're having fun. Yes. Time flies you're having fun. That's right. So what we got for quarter number one, so, so let's go ahead and get this party started with quarter number one. Title nine. Yes. Title nine. A lot of folks don't know what title nine is. You know, they don't they, they heard of it, but they haven't seemed to grasp it and understand what it's all about. So can you enlighten our viewers what Title Nine is all about? I'd love to, man. I've I've done a ton of research Word. on this topic and um Title Nine, you probably may have heard it regarding sports or maybe education. Um, was a law that was passed actually by the Department of Education. Okay. Back in 1972. Which was a great year. Well, why is that? <laughs> why is 72 such a great year for? I was born in 72. Oh, look at you. Now. So um, that opportunity to um, bring gender equality to um, basically any federally funded institution mm-hmm. uh, that. Um, that has sports has to create equal opportunity for boys and girls. And that's, that's, that, is it just sports? No, I was just going to say it's okay. not just sports. Okay. It's also education and any activity um, within that institution. Got you. Got you. So it just basically wants equal opportunity across the board. Got okay. Um, so fast forward. I mean, back then there was a huge lopsided in boys and girls sports. I mean, we're talking about 7% of, you know, all participation in sports was by girls or women. Okay, so out of 100 boys, just say out of 100 boys, only seven girls will be participating in Out of in 100 sports. boys, there was only seven girls. My bad. Out of 100 participating people, yes. only seven would be girls. <laughs> and here I am copying what you're saying. Yeah, you are. Microphone. I don't know. I'm just shaking and baking <laughs> right now, you know? So, um... And the where we are now, I mean, we've come a long way. I mean, over a thousand percent, you know, have has has it increased. And we've been seeing that over the last few years, the emergence of more women in sports, the popularity of women in sports, mm-hmm. um, shoot, the empowerment movement of women in sports. Right. And um one of the things that with all of that that's going on with 
women in sports now, it's still not equal. Right. What is the percentage now of if we had 100 people, what would be the percentage of men? And- I mean, it, it, you may not think it's a huge amount, but it might be 43% to 57% boys to 43% girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for sure in the high school um, sports world, uh, there are 4.5 million boys that participate in high school sports, and there's only uh, 3.3 million girls. Okay, so that's where the difference of that 1.2 million, right, 1.2, right. 1.3 million girls. Hey, 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 we got people over here on Facebook Live. Who we got? Hey, we got? We joined in, got Oscar here, we got we got Corey here, we got Vic here, we got uh, <laughs> Big. Yeah, we got people joining in at Facebook. We're going to be doing this every Monday night, so just join in. We got a couple of questions, you know, maybe this is regarding Title IX. Uh, this Corey Medina jumps on and says, hey, how do you feel about uh, bringing full contact football to high school instead of flag football. For the girls? Mm-hmm. I think it would take a lot longer for our movement to happen. Ah. I think that um, there's a lot of barriers. I mean, even the boys are having issues with full contact right now. Yes. Right? And Numbers are down. Yeah, there's been a decrease in participation for youth, mm-hmm. you know, with all of the injuries, with the concussion issues. Um, so... I don't really, I'm not really pushing for contact in high school. That is not, I feel that when the girls become adults, that there's plenty of opportunity for them if that's what they want to do. Okay. But um, I think flag football is where it's at. Okay, well, definitely. Well, I just wanted to answer that question because, you know, folks are jumping on Facebook Live and, and you know, hey, feel free to have, you know, to, to invite folks. Right. We should have about a million, billion, zillion, trillion folks online. As many friends as I got. I see Keith watching. I see a whole bunch of folks jumping on. Oh, yeah, you can invite others to join yeah, us. Yeah, please, invite, 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 invite. Or invite. do a watch party. Oh, watch party. Yeah, watch Bring party. Bring the popcorn, right? Watch party is easy. You just put watch party and, hey, they're, they're seeing what you're saying. Definitely that, definitely that. But, um, Corey, um, yeah, we know you're talking about girls. You wouldn't be on the show if you were wanting to talk about the boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, definitely that, definitely that, definitely that. You know, and again, we got people jumping on board, and we love it. We love it. We do this every Monday night live here on Facebook, live on Block Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. And it's four quarters of Coach Lee and my girl Carla, and we, we give it to you like it is because it's all about her turn the ball, and this is what we do here on four quarters of Coach Lee as we in quarter number one, and we're talking about Title Nine. Yes, Title Nine is one of the driving forces of, of our movement with GSA you know, focusing on the high school, but it also applies to colleges. It actually applies to all schools, elementary on up, Okay. to believe it or not. But where it really matters, I mean, in the public eye, is really high school and college because that's where the players, the athletes, and the parents actually have an opinion. Well, probably because, because they have sports programs. Some middle schools have sports programs, but like here in Vegas, they have they – have basketball for boys and girls, they're instituting a little co-ed black football, and then they're bringing in soccer. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the, the, the array of, of options mm-hmm. because, again, lack of coaching, lack of uh, money and equipment. So it's focused in on the high school level and it's focused in at the college level. You know, elementary, we have just PE, but there's no sports within PE. Right, but, you know, as I was researching, it does say basically where the men and women basically have to agree that there is no disparity or that there is fair and equal treatment is more of the 
the terminology. So the men and women have to agree that there's fair and equal treatment in order for there to truly be a Title IX compliance. So usually it's not enforced unless somebody complains. You know what I'm saying? Like a parent. Like a parent or even an athlete, you know, who's maybe their sport like you back in 1991. Hey, my program was taken from me. I want to challenge Title IX, you know, because I don't think it's fair. Now, Now it becomes an issue for that institution. Right. But until that happens, it kind of gets swept under the rug. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you, you mentioned that in 1991, you know, football was taken away from me uh, at Cal State University Long Beach because of Title IX. Mm-hmm. Is there a such thing as reverse Title IX, meaning that as a male, could I could I fight the fact that you we don't have football at the school in that case? Well, I will say this. Uh, they call it reverse discrimination, by the way. There, you know, there have been men who've challenged you know, reverse discrimination because of Title IX, maybe because their program was eliminated or maybe a women's sport was added or maybe on equal ground, um, one was eliminated and the other was not. Let's just say if it was a men's and women's swimming program, maybe the men's program was eliminated, but the girls' program was not. Mm. So there have been men who've challenged Title IX, and I will say this, that um, there there are three tests that are – that are reviewed to determine whether or not there is compliance, okay? And if the courts find that at least one of those three are um, satisfied, then they basically throw it out the window. Okay. Okay. So there's three three tests that they can do. Yes. Do you have any insight on what they are? Um, They call it the three-prong test. Okay. And um, the first one would be proportion, proportionality, meaning that, there has to be a proportionate number of girls participating and boys based on their enrollment numbers. Okay. Okay. So, for simple math, if we have a, a thousand students, uh-huh. and if it was 500 females and 500 males, then that's how the money should be. Then it's 50% boys and 50% girls, and it meets that proportionality test because they're they're pretty equal. Mm-hmm. Now, so with 20% girls. And 50% boys. Now you're, you're there's no proportion. Right. You know, if only 20% of your whole student population of the women are participating. So that's the first test, and that's actually the first prong. Um, the second one is um, is is the school continuously um, adding or you know modifying their programs in order to meet that criteria. Right. Okay, so even if the proportion, let's say the proportionality test fails, which many schools do, mm-hmm. okay, many schools do, um, they look at are you continuously addressing the issue and trying to find solutions? Okay. Are you implementing programs that are trying to balance it out? So like emerging sports or something like that, yes. that could be added. Okay, definitely. Actually, we got a question here. Again, if you guys are on, online and you got a question, we're talking about Title IX. We would like for you to throw them out, but I, I, I do see something with Oscar Lopez, who's one of the, the biggest fans in women's okay. football, and he talks about Title IX funds are always not used wisely within school districts. They often don't take the time to access interest. Access interest in the sport? Well, I'm imagining they don't have access to the interest of the girls on campus. Because, again, boys have all the sports. We already know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they have everything, but not every school offer those same sports for girls. Right. So I'm taking that question as Oscar, if you're still on here, if you can 
clarify a little bit more, that would be great. But if not, I'm, I'm just interpreting what you're saying, that it's not um, used wisely. Okay. Well, they're not, first of all, they're not Title IX funds. Okay. Okay. I mean, the school presenting the funds to these schools, um, Title IX is the law. Okay. Okay, about equality. It has nothing to do with the money. Although funding and um, resources are involved in that equality. Okay. So there has to be uh, equal opportunity for funding as well as resources. So if the boys have all the newest and latest equipment, well, the girls should also have the newest and latest equipment. Gotcha. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Or they should put buying as a program, like a basketball program. They, they can do that. But as long as it's, you know, it's equal. Okay. It's equal. Even if they're sharing equipment, it's just equal. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's that situation. But um, where were we regarding oh, the three prongs? Right. We hit, we hit two. Okay. So the third one is that they are satisfying the general interests and abilities of the students. Okay. So, you know, if girls are expressing interest in something and the school is not providing it, then they could be in violation. Mm. Okay? okay, so they just have to make sure. Like, let's say they want to put golf in, just randomly put golf in, but there's not enough interest. There's more people that want to play this sport right. instead of golf. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that if, if, there, if that's the situation, there's a little lopsided again on the interest and abilities of the students, so that's the third problem. Okay, and I, and I can give you an example of that as well. When we started up black football here in Las Vegas, um, there was a survey that went to all the schools. Okay. And the, the three sports that they were thinking about was field hockey, uh, lacrosse, and or flag football. Mm -hmm. And what they did, they put a survey out to the schools, and just by population, two of those sports were eliminated because a lot of our kids don't even know about field hockey and or lacrosse. Right. You know, that's the East Coast thing, and here we are on the West Coast, but it happened. And so the, the, the kids voted on flag football, and that's how flag football got in. Okay. Okay. So I, I understand, because sometimes you just throw a sport out there just to say, hey, we at least tried, and we put it in. But if you don't have the interest, that's like setting up a failure. Right. You know, I'm going to put in a sport on purpose that I know that's not going to be successful. Right. So I got what you're saying there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Like I said, time be flying here. We're four quarters with Coach Lee and my girl Carla, and we're doing our thing. And, and Terrence, um, Terrence asked the question, do you think it should be started in college before high school? Well, I think high school is the starting point for everything. I think that, um, as I, I don't know if I mentioned this, maybe in our first show I mentioned that um, we are pushing for high schools because we feel that it's the best breeding ground to um, create a demand for the youth because now we have need to have a feeder program. And then with growing the numbers in high school, now the colleges are going to be like, okay, we need to do something with all, all right. these girls who are playing football. We need to offer that at college. So I think high school really is the breeding ground for this sport. Right. And, and like I said, it doesn't matter what sport that we're, we're talking about. We're talking about any, any sport. I mean, there's other sports that are emerging, and, and actually we're going to get that in quarter number three after halftime. Okay. You know, we're going to talk about emerging sports for, for girls and women. Okay. Okay. So that kind of lays on the line of, of what we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Okay. But is there anything else that you can talk well, about? Well, I want to, okay, so Oscar also says funding is not equally um, used because they don't access the interest in girls' participation, which is, is, is true. I mean, it is improving. Right. Okay. Um, I think what the biggest, and why we're on this show, the biggest difference is football. 
Um, honestly, football probably has the largest budget. True. But it also brings in the most revenue. So it's really hard when you're in a, you're at a school and you have 100, 150 students participating in the football program, and now you got to find a women's sport that balances with that number of athletes. Right, and that's, and that's the hardest thing you know, to that's, do. You know, that's the hardest thing to do. So we feel that as far as all of the sports, football would probably bring the largest number mm-hmm. to any one specific sport. Right, and plus the cost, the equipment, things of that, that nature would – as far as the funding is concerned. The funding is not a barrier, in my opinion. Okay. Funding for, for that sport is not a, a barrier. Okay. So, um, but we are here because we are advocating for Title IX. We are advocating for equality. And the thing is, when we're talking to athletic directors or associations, they know exactly what we're talking about. Definitely that. I mean, they have meetings on this you know, on a quarterly basis. And then we also have compliance officers that are actually mandated in every federally funded institution. Right. So they so, come around randomly. To so they know it's an issue. They know it's an issue, but it's not as big of an issue unless someone makes it an issue. Right. You know, does that make sense? Oh, definitely that, because I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been on top of the fence. I've been, <laughs> my football program was eliminated. I helped create a program. You know, I was involved uh, in high school recently where we had a Title IX compliance officer come on campus, and because I ran the boys and the girls football, my office used to be in the boys' locker room. Mm-hmm. And the compliance officer said, well, the girls don't have access to you because mm-hmm. your office is there. So they moved me into a room upstairs where I had the ability to, to service both mm-hmm. without having that barrier barrier of going through the locker room. Right. And um, – also, regarding, you know, you're talking about hiring coaches and stuff, um, that, I don't think that's really an issue. I think one of the biggest issues or the one of the biggest excuses that schools can come up with is their budget. We don't have the budget to create new programs or to allot to this, you know, population of students. Um, the budget is the biggest issue, but what I will say is it goes to court. The court does not care about the budget. No, they don't. They don't care about the <laughs> That budget. is not even an excuse that will win in the court of law regarding Title IX. You got to fundraise. You find a way to get it done. And, right. and I know that people have misused Title IX. I, I know Asa's asked a question about coaching. Does that affect the coaching as far as what gender the coach is for the different sports? What are, what are your thoughts on, on Title IX and, and coaching? Well, not, I don't really remember it really addressing coaching. You know what I'm saying? It was more of the students. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we know coaching, there should be more equal opportunity as well with the girls, with the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel that there should be more women coaching women or coaching girls. Yes. You know, and we would like to change that. You know, we would like to see that change. We would like to see it increase. I mean, even looking at how now they have um, – you know, the thing with the board of directors, how now the board right, of directors right, have right. to have like 30 or 40% of the, the seats on a board. And, you know, and that's just something that's just now happening. So it'll be a matter of time. You know, everything takes time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Title IX has only been around for 48 years. You know how I know? How? Because you were born in oh, 1972. Oh, Get out of here. Yes, that's how we know because if your age since you were talking about 72, 72, okay, well, 72 is a good year. But it takes time, like you said. And, you know, part of coaching, the reason why, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but it was 
I didn't title nine per se, uh-huh. was women having the opportunity to coach. And that's actually one of our topics later on as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, one of the things with GFA, what we'd like to do is we want to provide coach training and certification for the sport. And, you know, we will be encouraging and, and looking to women who play to get involved in those positions. Definitely that. Because, uh, again, when you go into to, to an interview, they always ask, what's your resume? You know, what is your playing experience? And a lot of women haven't had the opportunity to say, well, I played football. You know what I'm saying? So you're kind of knocked out the box already because you don't have the playing experience. You know, coaching experience, you can take it from one sport to another sport. That's understood. But, again, as football, they want to know what's your playing experience because that's more, it's, it's pretty important to know and be able to teach from the fact that you played the game. Yes. And that's been the excuse for men uh, as athletic directors, not hiring women for basketball, soccer, whatever other sport outside of football. So it's not just a football thing. It's, it's, it's only been 50 years. Yes. You know, our, our parents were the first, first group well, of women. Well, we know to. for football it's going to be kind of a learning curve for women because it is, has been traditionally a man's sport. Right. And I heard you say in a conversation today that men just generally have the knowledge and right. the experience, right? True. So, you know, in order to build these girls up, it's going to take, you know, the men to step up, honestly. And, and be a part of this. It's going to take me in to coach the women and, and, for a generation. And get over or, those stigmas. Yeah. This is a man's sport because it's there is no man's sport. No, it's, it's a not. sport. Right? It's just a sport. And we have athletes. And we have athletes. And, you know, and that goes into our, <laughs> our, our next topic. But I wanted to see if we can address the two questions there we have okay. by, uh, again, Karen. Karen and Corey. Yeah, he says, uh, what state seems to be the next to open flag football door? Well, we have a couple of states that seem to be emerging right now, and one of them, look out for Georgia. Yes, Georgia in 2020 would definitely be rocking and rolling. We've got New York. New York in 2020. You know, and like uh, we said before, California, not yet. We've been penetrating California. Um, we're looking to get them on board by the spring, but we have one school district in California already. So they're going to be our cheerleaders for the entire state. Exactly. You know, trying to get this, uh, this done. But we, we, you know what? Honestly, and we've we've got some traction in Chicago. Chicago. I mean, we've gotten access to the athletic directors there, and we've got a big meeting scheduled with them. And you know, we'll see where it goes, but we already know it's good. Right. We have uh, we got lead to 740 athletic directors that have been invited to find out what this girls football. So when I say Chicago, I meant the state of Illinois. Illinois. Yes, state of Illinois. We've got you, baby. It's like you you say Las Vegas, you really mean Nevada, because we are we are Nevada. We are the state. We are the state, basically. (laughs) Um, So that's that's where we are with that, Terrence. Hope that answers your question. Let's answer Corey's before we go into quarter number two. Okay. So Corey says, do you feel like girls' uh, voices are actually being heard when it comes to wanting to play? Um, I don't know if the girls know they want to play because I don't see where they've had an opportunity. But I mean, where it has been introduced has been a tremendous response. Yes. It, I mean, when we introduced it here in Las Vegas, tremendous response. The school district was blown away by the amount of girls who came out to play. Yes. So I just think once we dangle the carrot, you know, I mean, shoot, I think it's just going to be history from there or her story. Her story, baby. I've been talking about that since 2006. Her story. But you know what? That's going to move us on. Because like I said, time flies when you're having fun. We're 23 minutes into the show. And we're supposed to be doing 15-minute segments. But 
you know, when we get audiences like this, that, that, that. We love you, audience. We love you guys. Go ahead and invite more people. Let's talk. Oh, Texas. Well, you know what? Texas is the middle ground, right? And it's the largest state. So, and it's also one of, it's probably the number one sport, uh, state for football. Yes. I, I can agree and disagree on that one, but. Between California, Texas, and well, Florida. What I'm saying, the culture. Oh, the culture, yeah, I think it's number one. Yeah, culture. The culture. Right. So we think that it could quickly adapt in Texas, you know, no doubt, no doubt. I'm sorry. Yeah. Earthquake. No, we ain't got no earthquake. <laughs> we keep shaking the little table here, so we're going to get off of that. And we're going to move on, folks. We're going to move on because we got to get to number quarter, number two. He, he's late. Am I late? Yeah, you're late. I mean, you he just wants to say that. Just to be honest with you. Really? But we've been in quarter number two. We're going on quarter number three in about six minutes. <laughs> wow. Yes. We'll have fun. We'll, we'll let him have his fun with that. Quarter number two. It is the Coach Lee. Yeah, it says Coach yeah. Lee. Four quarters of Coach Lee and Carla. But I love it. I love it. We got to have fun. We got to have fun. Definitely that. So let's go ahead and move on to the next topic, folks. Okay. What are the differences in coaching boys and girls, men and women? And, of course, I have no experience, so I'm going to ask Coach Lee. Maybe you can shed some light on that. You've had some. Stop shaking my table because had, of earthquake. No, so no. sorry. We need in our studio. Anyway, um, you've had experience with both women. All four. Girls. Yeah, exactly. All so four. You, can, you definitely are qualified to speak on the topic. Well, let me tell you this. Being a young man and growing up and seeing my father's and my uncle's coach, you know, in football is like this. And, and some of you ladies might not understand. I'm lately, oh, so come on, man. You can't be on Carla's side. This is my show, man. It's our show. It is our show. It's 50-50, but it goes down. Equal like, opportunity. There you go. See, I don't know. Man, I can never I'm win. I'm stand for it. All right, let's see what with the show. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm talking about coaching boys versus girls. All right. So, you know, growing up, I've always had men in my life that have coached, be it basketball, track, uh, football. But coaching is very special, and it's a relationship that you, that you, you attain with your with your coaches. I mean, I have a relationship with, with my coaches from, and it's been 30 years out of high school right now. Okay. I know. Yeah. They're looking at you looking at, we got a little son over there trying to get him some playing time, but you got no shirt on. So you can't get on the video. <laughs> but I, go. <laughs> See what happens when you're at GFA studios, man, we never get together. But you know, football is pretty special because your head coach is like the dad figure. Okay, and then the assistant coaches are like the uncles. Okay. So I'm kind of giving you the feel, the feel of what it's like to play football. Right. Okay. And so that's the environment that you're in. So when it comes to 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 coaches, most men coaches say, "Do as I say." Do as I say. And as a young man, you say, "Okay." Right? Yes, sir. Or yes, sir. You you out on the field before you hear them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. But when you coach girls, it's a little bit different. You ask them to do something, they want to know why, you know? So it, take, it tests your patience, but it also puts you in the position to be a great teacher. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of men play the sport and think they can coach because they played the sport, but they don't really know how to teach. You got to be a great teacher. So when, you, when, when I've dealt with girls or women, and compared to boys and men, it's 
it's been more of a teacher's aspect and not of just a father figure situation, do as I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. So the, that's the difference in me. And what that does, it, it works on your patience as a coach, and it also works on your, your fundamental game. Mm-hmm. you got to know the game fundamentally crystal clear. You just can't say go jump or go do this or run around this because you got they want to know why. Mm-hmm. And when they ask why, you got to be able to explain, be it on the board or demonstrate. You know what I'm saying? So that's been my difference. The game is a little bit slower because they don't know the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to understand that. So, you know, we have a thing called kiss, keep, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Not that it's a girl term. This is something that we I use with the boys. Keep it simple, stupid. The less you have to think on the football field, the faster you can play. Mm-hmm. Okay, so keep it simple as a coach and watch the athletes be athletes. Well, I've definitely seen that um, keeping it simple definitely helps with them to pick it up. You know, and I, I see your strategy, you know, not asking you to give away your secret sauce. Yeah, that's my secret sauce. But you know what? But Coach Brown is talking about it. He says it's a huge difference. In fact, you know what I'm saying? He's talking about, you know, you got to be a better coach. And that's what I'm getting at. Yes. You have to be a better teacher, not just a coach. Coach can just blow the whistle and he thinks he's coaching or she thinks he's coaching. It's being the teacher. Yes. And when they get it, they do. They perform. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With You know, it, it does. It helps build their self-esteem, right? you know, helps make them better leaders, you know, mm-hmm. all of the above. And, you know, now, I mean, they can walk around the boys with some swag because... <laughs> well, I know my girls walk around campus with swag because you know, they had a better record than the boys, you know, because they put their their, their, their heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think, I don't, I don't want to generalize, but I have to. I think women and girls have grown up to I'm not going to say satisfied, but to make sure that everything is right. Mm-hmm. So when they have a question, they want to make sure. They want to be for sure that they're doing what they're doing and it's right. Right. Where a boy or a man, like, man, I already played this game for you. Yeah, you ain't it's coming. a macho thing for the boys. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Especially if they've played, they always think they're the best. I mean, it's about them competing in the first place. Right. You know what I mean? And the girls, they're just excited. Like, I've watched Coach Lee with these girls that come from other sports, and they're like, they love football. You know, they love it, but they know that there's no opportunity to go to the next level right now, but they have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they like how competitive it is. Um, they get just as passionate and emotional, you know what I'm saying, about the game. And I, I, I love seeing it. Well, you know, but I do, I will say this. Please do. That... Dion had coached with the women and several different occasions. But then with the girls, transitioning from the boys to the girls, it's like you can't talk to them the same way. Gotcha. You know, where the boys can accept it, it's kind of golden. That's like the culture, you know, of them being barked at or whatever. And the girls are more emotional. And I'm not saying that as an excuse because we are, you know, in power. We are powerful. You're powerful. We're strong. But we are sensitive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True that. My quarterback has been crying on me. You know, and it's kind of like you need to give them what they need to be, you know, what you need to give them as a coach. You need to be firm. But they also need to know not to take it personal. And that needs to be addressed from the very beginning. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, Coach Lee will have girls boohooing all over the field. 
thinking they did something wrong, they take it personal, you know, I just know. Well, 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 part of it is when I introduce myself, I don't say that you are a girl football player or a girl basketball player or a girl track athlete. You are an athlete. I'm going to coach you up as an athlete, okay? I'm going to teach you how to get it done and do it, mm-hmm. okay? And I expect, you know, high things from you. I mean, I'm talking about you only think that you can only do this. I know you can do that. And if we can improve that gap, then that means we're getting better, right? Right. So that shows improvement. Um, but I, I, I do. I'm a fun, a fun and jokey guy. A lot of my friends on on, on Facebook know I, I crack jokes. I make funny videos. You know, I crack at, crack up at myself. And I allow my players to talk about me. They call me milk dud, but that's off the field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When we have fun, but they better if they can dish it, they better take it because I'll be coming back with it, right? But when we get between those lines, it's a whole new coach. And sometimes I tell the kids, hey. Y'all better bring the Snickers, you know. Well, well, I had, shoot, one of his female players brought him a whole cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't bring that up, right? She, he got mad. For, I don't know what happened. She ended up doing something wrong, but she brought him a whole cake, you know. He was late to class. That was, that was a student that did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember I thought it was one of your Yeah, Amber, because she wrote on there, sorry I was late to class. Okay. Because I expect everything from my students, all the way from my students to my football players to, to my athletes. Being on time is late. Mm-hmm. You know, get there early. You know, I'm timely with that. But when it comes to coaching the, the girls, I, I, I treat them no different than the boys. Now, my language tones down, mm-hmm. right, because the culture, like you were saying earlier, but the intensity of how it comes out comes out. Okay, so so here's my here's the next question. So, what about the personalities within the team? Like, we know girls can be a little bit more dramatic. Well, have you witnessed any of that as a coach? Well, well definitely that. And, and, and that's part of me having to adapt. See, a lot of coaches think that I'm me. You know, I'm, I'm this rugged-edged type of coach, right? But you have to give, give back. You got you to gotta coach and care at the same time. I think you got to coach and care amongst all of Mm-hmm. You know, we think that, oh, well, big boys don't cry type of situation, right? Same thing with, you know, it ain't no crying in football, right? But we have to understand we're human. Right. We're, we're, we're touchy-feely people. I don't care if you're a man or, 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 or a woman, you're touchy-feely. And it takes a special person to coach, in my opinion. I mean, not just coach, but teach in yeah. general. In, in teach in general, yeah. I mean, I had a whole semester experience yeah. oh, in yes. teaching. I had my whole my own classroom and everything. I lasted a whole semester. But that was hard. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Commanding the respect, mm-hmm. you know, setting the tone, right. you know, getting them to engage. I mean, that is a tough job. And for you, to, I was only like at maybe 15 to 20 kids. You deal with 100 kids <laughs> at a time. At any given time. Right, right. But, you know, it, it, I mean, that's why coaching is a very special, special uh, occupation. Mm-hmm. In the college and the professional ranks, you can see that in the pay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, high school, it ain't there yet, but you are like the man or the woman if you're the coach of something. Mm-hmm. But it's, a, it's about your relationship with the kids on campus as well as on the field. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you, you have to show them that, that strong term, but you also got to show that caring side. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, on both sides of the fence, we have to coach that way. This generation was not not from the same cloth that we came up with. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna take the hardcore push, 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 go do citizens and jumping jacks and, and up downs. It's not gonna happen. 
Mm-hmm. You got to find a way to make it fun. You have to. Yeah. And believe it or not, the girls actually wanted to work out harder than the boys. They wanted to prove a point. Like we had a thing called a get tough drill, right? Where we roll for 20 yards, we, we dive on the sun for 20 yards, um, we, we bear fall for 20, then we get up to sprint. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you got to do it in a certain amount of time. Well, my girls were out there, they were loving it because they were beating some of the boys. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it became a competition thing. But again, the difference is, and like Coach Brown talked about, Boys have a lot of things that they have learned that they have to unlearn once they get to high school. They got so many bad habits. Mm-hmm. Working with the girls is so easy for me because they have no habits. They've never been in a three-point stand before. Right. They've never been in a wide receiver stand. So when I show them the first time, they're like, oh, so this is what it is. So let me do that. Well, isn't it kind of the same when they're adjusting to the different coaching styles? Like you may have a different style or – a different play route or whatever the case might be, it's still a learning curve when they come play for you as opposed to what they've done. In right, the and that's what we talk about, bad habits. Okay. Because one coach might have taught them something that's not a good habit, that's not fundamentally sound for football. You know what I'm saying? So that's where – we got a couple coming, ambassadors on. Oh, okay, we got some ambassadors on. Hey, how you guys doing? Welcome to Four Quarters with yeah. Coach Lee. Michaela and Marvin, hey. And Carla. <laughs> anyway – you know, you you got to be able to. It's like being an artist. Yeah. You got to have a. If you have a blank canvas, there's no there's no telling what's gonna come out of that canvas. But if you got something that's skyscraper, you got a car, you got all everything fixated already. Mm-hmm. It's hard to change that image. You know, you can throw some uh, 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 sun or a moon up there, but you still see that same car, that same ugly building. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, it's been a lot easier for me as a teacher to teach the girls and the women, because they don't have the bad habits of the sport. Okay. Now, I've coached basketball, and I've seen some bad habits because they've learned bad habits from the, from the get-go. Right. But for the game of football, it's like a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, you know, you can mold that to however you want to. Got it. I think we got, a, another, we got another question. How hard is it to keep pace up in a girl's game? That's one question. I, okay. said, I remember the first drive the showgirls played against the surge, we marched down the field on them. Do you think that cohesiveness comes with playing together or does it come more naturally for boys? Uh, you know what? I think it comes from playing together. Look at the Lakers. You can have all-star players, mm-hmm. the Warriors, all-star players, but they're not all-stars in a, in a, in a great team unless they come together. Yep. And then now we use my, my, my Bonanza team. We weren't the best athletic team in the district at all. We weren't the fastest. We weren't the biggest. Mm-hmm. But we were smart, and we did a lot of things together at practice to bring us together mm-hmm. so that we could have each other's back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we believed. We drunk the Kool-Aid. Right. I put out my special sauce to, you know. Well, I believe in having bondings outside of practice and games. I feel that there should be outside socialization mm-hmm. um, to get to know one another, you know, as, as people outside of the game. Yes. And I think that definitely helps with bringing it together and for them to work together. And as far as the pace, um, we've like to improve the pace. I think the seven-on-seven seven style is going to pick up that pace for the it game. Makes it, it makes it exciting. It definitely makes it exciting. Smaller field, width-wise and length-wise, so there's more scoring. It's like arena it's a football. Shorter game. Yeah. It's like arena football. The game only lasts about an hour and 15 minutes. So, again, it's, it's a quick pace. Clock is running. So you got. And if you develop pace. good athletes, you could have a great – Great game. Yeah, definitely that. 
you know, but to, to help answer that as well, it's what you're teaching. Mm-hmm. The game will get better and faster once the girls pick up their IQ. What we're finding out here in Las Vegas, and this is no not to the coaches here in Vegas, but we got to put in more work. You know, the boys' football team have a season. Then they start, after the season's over with, they have a banquet. Then they start weights for next year. Then they're in the spring ball. Then they play seven, summer seven-on-seven. Seven. So it's constant learning, mm-hmm. film sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I institute a film right away so the girls can see their mistakes. All athletes feel that, oh, I did what you told me to do, coach, but film don't lie. So getting them involved in film sessions and doing things like that has made it better mm-hmm. for us. It made it better for the girls to understand what their mistakes were because they were looking at film and like, what am I looking at? Right. Just like the boys. Just like me. Right. But the boys <laughs> are worse because, see, the boys want to see all the highlights. Okay. They're not watching the mistakes. See, as coaches, we're correcting mistakes all the time. Because mm-hmm. if we correct those mistakes, we can be better and better on the football field. Mm-hmm. Where the boys want to see their play because they want to be on ESPN. They want to see a hard hit so they can go, da-na-na, da-na-na. That's the ESPN thing, right? Gotcha. That's all they're worried about. But we're trying to focus in on this little step. If you just take this extra step where the girls – because they had no no opportunity to watch film, they were sponges. So what are you saying, Coach? You need to take a second step. So I need to take an extra step? Yes. Okay. Now I know that film don't lie. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's the nuances of learning the game where the boys and the men already know. Well, we're just asking a lot of you men to step up and, and let's get out there and coach these girls up. Yeah. You know, uh, make them better athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, help integrate them into the sport so we can grow and we can expand. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So talking about expanding, you know what? Mm-hmm. We're gonna move on to quarter number three. So quarter number three, we are talking about emerging girls, women in sports for high school and college, mm-hmm. and. Um, Maybe if you watch ESPN, you'll see some highlights um, of some emerging sports. I know um, wrestling for girls is a big one. Um, equestrian. Equestrian? Yeah, riding a horse. Okay. Okay. Okay, everything's a sport. You can do hot dogs as a sport. Okay. <laughs> Have you guys seen the hot dog competition? They call that a sport. Could somebody look up on online the definition of sport? I know it, but I want to see if somebody can look it up and post it here on the live site and see if we can talk about that as well. Because a sport could be anything. Esports yeah. is an emerging sport. Mm-hmm. Video games, can you believe that? I played Pong, Atari 2600. Don't lose a calorie. Yeah. But it's a sport. That's it. A guy just won $3 million, a kid, $3 million playing, what's that, Fortnite? Well, we have to adapt with the times. I got you. That's why it's called emerging sports, yeah. okay? Of yeah. course, black football is the emerging sport for girls and boys because in some states they're trying to change the law of the age well, that you can be at playing tackle football. Let's talk about girls' football compared to lacrosse, compared to rugby, rugby right? Because whenever we bring up football, rugby and lacrosse always come up. Mm-hmm. And those are emerging sports, um, scholarship opportunity sports. And, but when we look at the numbers in, in terms of high school participation, it's huge, huge disparity between football and rugby participation. 
Well, because it's at 2,500 schools in comparison to 300 schools. I got you. So, I understand why. It's just it's 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 apparent. Right. Right. So we want to really we want football to be the biggest emerging sport. So besides equestrian, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And rugby. What else is there? Uh, there's another sport that they play. It's like a you know you know the little um, the individual trampoline that you used to jump on and mom used to buy, right? It's a little circle. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have something called smash ball. It's, okay. a, it's a college sport. And it's like it's like four square for the old school folks. But you're playing volleyball. Old school in college? <laughs> well, I'm saying, that's the sport. It, it's like an old school four square. We had a circle and you had, okay. a spot and you had to push the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, now you slam this ball onto this trampoline. And it's, and it's volleyball. Your teammate got to hit it back onto the trampoline after they hit it. It's mm-hmm. called slam ball. Okay, cornhole is another emerging sport um, that's out there. Fishing is another emerging sport on the collegiate level as well as the high school level. So it says an activity involving physical exertion. This is the definition, I guess, of sport and okay. skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Mm-hmm. So physical exertion. So I guess playing with your thumbs could be physical exertion. Yeah, you can get you get carpal tunnel. Right, you can get cramps. Yeah, you are entertaining. It is competitive. It is hand-eye coordination. Hand-eye coordination. Because I know my butt gets dizzy trying to play some video games. Right. <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Right. So again, sport is anything that has competition. I guess eating hot dogs could be... It's physical. It's physical. You'd be exerted from eating hot dogs. Yes. <laughs> so, again, emerging sports is anything that is competitive and mm-hmm. entertaining at the same time. So that's the definition of sport. So emerging sports for, for girls to be... Well, my, that- what boggles my mind is all of the things that I see being featured on ESPN, like disc golf or disc football or what is it? Uh, Frisbee golf. I mean, not frisbee, frisbee football. Right, frisbee football. Um, just a bunch of sports on that I see that, and I don't see girls football. I mean, I've seen it maybe through some streaming. A lot of the times, it's on the team dime, right? Yes, the, the teams have picked up or forked the bill. I think this year the WNFC has some kind of network going, but I think the teams had to, to at least pay for the production people to right. come out and do it. And I don't know everything because I haven't been in women's football in a while. Uh, ultimate Frisbee, there we go. Okay. I, I, was in, I was introduced to Ultimate Frisbee in 1982, guys, in the seventh grade at Curtis, Curtis Junior High School. Okay. By one of my, my, my teachers who... Now, that was interesting to watch. That's like basketball. It was fast-paced. You see those men running up and down the field, you know, tossing that little disc. Yeah. I, thought that was, I thought that was interesting. It wasn't slow at all. No, it was fast-paced game. There's one point per touchdown. So to keep the game close, it's not six points or whatever, whatever. Um, and there's no extra points, but that was on stadium uh, TV. Oh, right. Right. So there's a lot of stream TV stations out there, and I think our question came about was we have all these emerging sports, but we have no network for women's sports. You know, I think my biggest complaint for ESPN has been I only get to see softball during the softball tournament championship. I never get to see anything to even – find out what players are playing or who's playing or to find a favorite team. I have to wait to the to the, the, the College World Series before I do that. Even baseball is not on TV often for college. Um, 
of course, bowling. Basketball is probably the only sport that is actually on TV often enough, mm-hmm. but all the other sports, tennis, golf, you don't see them until it's championship time. But, again, emerging sports. Right? Of course, we want flag football to be emerging sport, but wrestling in 2020, wrestling would be a sport. And, actually, can you look up that one thing that we were talking about? What does it take to be emerging college sport? And I, don't, I want to get my numbers right, but I think I have them up here. But, again, I'm getting old, and I forget. <laughs> I forget sometimes. Okay? But ESPNW should be definitely back on the scene and doing nothing but women's sports. There's enough sponsors out there for women's sports to, to get its opportunity, its, its glam, okay? But an emerging sport in college. You're talking about from the NCAA? From the NCAA, where it talks about for women. It, yes, for women. What does it take? Because it, it passed in 1994, where the NCAA is always looking for emerging sports, and it takes organizations such as the GFA that's, oh, that's okay. advocating for, for girls' football or flag football, per se, in rugby, mm-hmm. it took a women's, not women's, but a wrestling association to gather their fan base and to put pressure on the NCAA. Okay. Because that's what it takes. It's not going to take one person. But I, I want to say that in order for a sport to become a varsity sport, it must be 40 institutions on the on the Division One level to get the sport to be known as a uh, as a bylaws require that emerging sports must gain championship status. A minimum of forty varsity NCAA programs for individual and team sports. Right. Um, within ten years. So they got a ten year period, or it falls off. So does that mean our ten year period starts now? No, or does no, we haven't put it on the on the on the ballot. Oh, I see, I see. So what's got to happen? This is where Florida has come in. You know, talk to us about GFA. You know, they have 300 high schools in Florida that, that are playing flag football, okay? A lot of those coaches have gone on to the college level to be in the mural coaches. Oh, it says four show steady progress. Of, of growing? Uh, yeah, towards the goal to remain on that list of championship status. So all we have to do is get 40 universities. Call Oprah. <laughs> have Oprah call us. Yeah, have, have Oprah. Have O call me. You know what I'm saying, Coach Brown? Have O call me. She got my number. It's seven. What is it? Seven zero two eight seven four eight zero five eight. So tell Oprah to give me a call. Okay. So again, we really pushing the fact that it's going to take time, and we got time. As it says here in the NCAA uh, book. Mm-hmm. It's a 10-year period that they're willing to keep it open, and if you can show progress. Yeah. I know that in Florida, we can get a, approximately five to seven Division One universities in Florida based on the talent that's coming out of high school. There. Yeah, I mean, it's just within 10 years or show steady progress, and we feel that the expansion could happen quite quickly if we get everybody on board with what we're trying to do. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Steady progress. I mean, we say this year, you know, shoot, we raised, I don't know how many, maybe 10 new markets. Right. You know, and then another 10 new markets next year. I mean, it could be sooner than 10 years. Well, just think about it. If you get California, you got probably about 50 universities in California. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to say that many. But you probably got about 20 Division One schools. Okay. Okay? You get you, you got UNLV here. You got Reno there. So you got 22 schools just in, in, in this immediate state. You got Arizona with two universities, three universities in Arizona. So, I mean, we can pick up the pace. But I'm just saying, these are things that we can research. These are the things that GFA is researching. It is why we're pushing hard 
to get this for Hey, if you guys uh, like the information we're sharing with you, please share with us. Give us a thumbs up. Right, share us. Right. Watch party list. Uh, Definitely. You know. I mean, we got to help each other take care of the situation. Okay. Actually, Oscar, who's, again, one of the, the leading uh, men that are fighting for women to play the sport and who's actually giving exposure, says, <laughs> I can't see. What did he say there? I can't read that. Oh, he's talking about ESPNW. Okay. What did they do? They failed. It became more about highlights and documentary. Yes. Well, we found out that, what, 4% of the sports media is catered to women's sports. So you got 90%, 96% of all sports are male-dominated on the news for ESPN and National Channel. 4% um, only women. It, it, you know what? If that was for D1 sports, and then with D, Division three, it's only requiring 28 varsity programs. So we have 40 for the D1, and then it says for the Division three. So maybe that applies to... Division one and Division two, and then Division three is twenty-eight right. programs. Right, because Division one is divided up into two sections. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, especially in football, it's divided, but everything else is it's it's Division one. Only football is divided up into two. But yes, you know, we're researching this stuff. We're we're doing everything that we can do to provide you guys the information to help us push this movement. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, it what? says institutions are allowed to use emerging sports to help meet the membership minimum sports uh, requirement. Through Title IX. Yes. Right. So, again, badminton is a, an emerging sport. You know, tennis is already out there. Of pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah, I don't know nothing about pickleball, but pickleball is another emerging Look it up. Yes. I never heard of it until I came to Vegas, and we even have pickleball courts. Yeah. <laughs> Rec centers just for pickleball. Yes. And it's nothing but table tennis merged with tennis on a small court about like 25, 25 by, by 15 yards. I, I want to say yards. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's somewhere. It's a small version of tennis. Play with a wiffle ball. Okay. Yes, definitely, Oscar. We've already contacted the uh, Women's Sports Foundation. We're already with the, the Women's Sports, Sports Foundation. We're, we're thumbs up with them. They're using us. We're using them as a resource. So she was one of the orga- first organizations we reached. It was. Out to. It was one of the first organizations that want us to send people to have Title IX issues to them. That's what they do. They're they're a Title IX specialist organization, and they will find legal. I mean, to- we are advocates. Um, but they have a whole department that deals just with that. Just with Title IX. And so um, we've already made um, an agreement with them that we would use them as a resource when Title IX issues arise. So, you know, definitely we, we, we like Women's Sports Foundation as a resource. Right. And actually, we've been in the, in the, in the position to actually educate athletic directors <laughs> in, in school. It's an old person's yeah. sport. Talk about pickleball. But it's emerging in college. Can you believe it? Yeah. It, <laughs> hey, them old folks wore me out at the rec center. Trust me. I was up there thinking, oh, I'm young. I'm, and they had that little football going left and right. Well, it, right. it's more of a club sport, but still, they, they offer it in some colleges as well. So, yes. although it is old for old people, well, I would say it's for old people, it's predominantly played by popular in that culture. <laughs> How about we call them the retirees? The retirees. The retirees play it, right? And and also another emerging sport is actually bowling. And actually the NCAA has championships for bowling. You know, I, I haven't seen the scholarship opportunities, but I know that it's been on, aired on ESPN. Yes. So, again, there's a lot of sports that are emerging out there. Again, we're, we're really fighting. We want her turn the ball to be what we do. 
Hashtag her turn to ball. Hashtag her turn to ball and everything that you do. Again, always invite everybody here on Monday night. We always have some good stuff here. Yeah, five more minutes. Man, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> you know what? We didn't need to go any over any updates or anything well, like you know that. what? We're going to squeeze in some updates. How about that? That's fine. Okay. Now, as you guys know that we are GFA Girls Football Association, and we're putting on our first fundraiser, right? Yeah. And it's going to be November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd here in Las Vegas. We're doing the Women's 7-on-7 tournament. It's going to be based on the rules of 7-on-7 so that you can learn the game of what we're trying to promote to other high schools in other states. Okay, we also have a high school division. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's one of the main things that we're doing here for girls football. You can go to our Facebook page, Premier 7 Football, or even GFA, um, to find out more about the fundraiser. But we are inviting high school teams and adult teams, ladies. We want you to come out and, and support GFA and get your team together and come to Las Vegas and ball. And ball. It's her turn to ball. Um, what else we got going on? What other updates? Hmm. Well, um, here in Las Vegas, we're launching our, our first, um, all-girls all league with Premier 7. Right. Which starts up on September 14th. Sign-ups are now. You can go to Premier7Football.com, and you can find out about that. But we're also sending those same, that same format to any and everywhere. And we're looking for uh, league directors. Um, Terrence, can a team travel? Of course they can. You talking about flag football? You talking about the high school? Um, of course they can. If they're a club sport, they should be able to. Yeah, club sports can travel. And that's what we're pushing right now to get these, these teams to be club sports first. What is the prize? The same as every other sport. Championship status. Now, bragging rights. Bragging rights <laughs> and a possible chance to get a ring. You see, I'm ringless. Uh, here's my ring. But I'm ringless. I'm winning coach, but I'm ringless. But for us, you know, definitely some media exposure. Right. You know, we definitely want to get a major network out there to to um, feature us. Definitely. So that's the prize right there. Well, we got to gather everybody. That's the problem. It's hard for us to gather a big event to bring media attention to it. Mm-hmm. I know that the women just had their championships, uh, uh, the league championships, and it was kind of disappointing the fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm a solution guy, okay? If I'm going to have a championship and it's going to be aired on TV, I'm going to make it free for everybody to come in. I'm going to invite all the girls in the community from different schools to come see something that they haven't seen before. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because it's about putting butts in the seats. Right. You know, you'll make more money in the snack bar than you do at the gate <laughs> if you did it that way. Imagine. Snack bar makes pretty good money. But I'm saying, if you got only 300 people at the game, you're not going to make your limit to how much money you're going to make at the snack bar in the gate. True. But if you've got 10,000 people that came in for free, you're going to probably make about thirty or $40,000 just at the snack bar because people got to eat. So sometimes we get, we, we, we get focused on how much money we're going to make at the gate. When you're in an emerging sport, it's about how many butts you can put in the seats. That's right. the key. And that's part of our, our situation with our fundraiser. Man, time is flying. Yeah, you know one more update is, um, you know, the website, um, we are revamping the website. I got a new web designer who's working on it as we speak. Um, GFA is still up, so if you want to join, go to uh, girlsfootballassociation.org. We got to join. Again, it's part of the movement. We got to be members. 
Again, if we're going to make this an emergency It's all sport, about supporting the It's movement. about supporting the Be a movement. part of her story and a founding member. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> hey, it's that time, BJ. But you folks, I got to tell you something. Today is BJ's birthday. Oh, wow. BJ, happy birthday. My super-duper producer's birthday today. I'm not going to say her age. She could be two. She could be five. I don't know. But she's, she's 25. But she's rocking it, and she <laughs> is live. You know what I'm saying? So happy birthday to our super-duper producer, BJ, on her birthday here producing our show. Yes. And, uh, hey, we're going to be back next week. Four quarters of Coach Lee and Carla. We back, baby. That's right. We back, and we educating, and we want to tell everybody. We thank hey, you guys for coming on and supporting us and definitely. engaging. We love it. We love it. Engagement is everything. So that's why I said invite folks. Bring people to the table. Hey, we might have the same things in common. We might have some things that are different. But if we don't discuss them, then we can't get to the solution, you know? So with that, we are out of here. It's time to eat. It's 8 o'clock my time. It's 11 o'clock on the East Coast, and it's only, what, 4 o'clock in Hawaii or something like that. So my thing is, we out. BJ, hit that beat.